What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm doing okay. You we know. Have, it is now 4.56. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to start at 4, then 4.30. And then we've had technical issues. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Is Mercury in retrograde? Mercury's always in fucking retrograde. You know, we are in Aries season now. Oof. Which means fucking chaos. And we've been dealing with it. How do we feel about Aries as just like I, an astrological sign? I... Shout out to any of my friends who are. I know. Anybody who is listening who's in Aries, we love you. Uh, sending love and light your way. Um, but I'm a water sign, so... You know, there is some head headbutting that happens with Aries. And I'm fire, water, earth, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a lot going on, astrologically. <laughs> All the elements. Yeah. All but yeah. one, I guess. Yeah. What's, so, oh, what's the other one? Air? Air, wind, light. Like, yeah, light. <laughs> okay. So before we get into it, you know, our last episode, we record one week prior to release. <laughs> And not a week ago from when you guys heard this last episode, or when you're hearing this, I don't know when this podcast comes out, whether it's coming or going. Yeah. Everyone was like, we can't wait to hear the shortcomings take on the Oscars. And to that, I say, you won't be hearing it because we're a week late. You know, we record a week early and that episode was in the, in the pipe or whatever the language would be. (laughs) In the pipe. In the pipe. In In the, the in the, in the, in the drain. In, in the, the books. In the book. Okay. It wow. was recorded. It was, it happened, you know, but I will say, so the season three episode one that we recorded was like the week leading into the Oscars. And this and we is had the week said, Yeah. That is and a so, much more succinct way to say what I was trying to say. So I know. You. I, the way that the, you were going around, like it was. There was a lot, you've, yeah, that's how you've, you've got a lot going on this week. So I, it's understandable. The season three, episode one that we recorded is like a week heading into the Oscars. And we had said, oh my God, we are so excited for Will Smith to win the Oscar. And we also said punching was violent and no one should do it. Yeah. And then the Oscars happened and now we're here. And it's like, are we fortune tellers? And even more than that, what we are are people who are soothsayers. And I'm about to give a call to the internet. Everyone needs to shut the fuck up on the internet. Yes. We all saw the slap. It happened. It was thrilling. It woke me back up from a very boring Oscars. (laughs) Boring and yet also chaotic. Sam was passed out. I was trying to reach her. He couldn't. (laughs) And then I woke up the next day to a million takes, a million bad tweets, think pieces, CNN 
is still talking about it. It's been the hot topic on The View for three days in a row. I'm sure they'll be talking about it tomorrow. But I'm going to divorce this all from the slap and more make this a call for every single person. If you have an idea for a think piece, a tweet, an Instagram story, send it in the group chat first. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Work it out there. Leave us all alone because the year is chaotic and bad enough without everyone's bad takes. And by the way, this is advice I will be taking myself. I feel like I already tried to. I've been trying to knock off a few things recently and was like, nope, don't. Don't do that. That's not a good idea to put out into the universe. It's not about Lizzie Holmes. Shut well, the fuck up. It's the it's this whole idea that like there I mean that no one can have a different opinion than the other person without it meaning all of these things. It's just like so crazy and it's also just like like it was shocking. It was wild. It was dramatic. But it that's happened. all it was. We don't and that's need, all it was. I don't, don't need think to it's... make it like exemplary of culture and things no. about black folks and toxic masculinity. Because yes, was it all of those things and we could have a conversation about them? Sure. But I ask you, just have that conversation amongst your friends. Yeah. like our, And I bet you most of the people that are getting viral tweets out of this situation are not having that conversation with people in real life and are only trying to get hit tweets, to be honest. Yeah, I say to all everyone, get thee to the water cooler, you know? Like, I talked oh, about yeah. it at work over at a meeting. Talked about it with you. Stayed in my... Yeah. After the night of, it stayed off the internet. Yeah. And I just caution everyone, if something happens, you don't need to have an opinion on it. Also... They and I say that as two people fine. chatting on the internet right now. And no, <laughs> should, I know. I should probably Listen, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't have much more to say other than that, except for there is a conspiracy theory going around that he didn't actually slap him. And it was I, I don't. Nope. I was nope, like, nope, what? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I was like, that's huh? not following the advice that I just gave, which is yep, everybody shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's fucking anarchy out there. And so we want you all to shut the fuck up. Mm hmm. We're going to shut the fuck up, too. This is advice to ourselves, just so oh, you guys I was know. The transition that, that we'd love for you to rate and review us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, five stars. And um, where you shouldn't shut the fuck up is over at the dip. Oh, wow. Because on those community posts, it's like nice, fun, lovely, good people talking about nice things. It's not the madness of Twitter. I mean, I stopped having a Twitter years ago but occasionally i'll dip my toe in there and every time i do the girls are fighting they're fussing they're yelling about things that make no sense oh yeah constant it's bad girls club over there i don't even know what happens over on reddit that it seems oh, like reddit's the scariest place on planet earth like i don't even know how to use it and we by the way should say sam and i mostly talk about things on the internet that are like the most innocuous useless things housewives sex in the city and we're still getting fucking yelled at like you dumb bitch how dare you think i'm like all i said is i like rory gilmore yeah i know one time i said lorelei and christopher endgame and i got lots of messages about that same i've gotten a few notes about that i mean Um, oh my god the day i said i like digger oh well i had a few friends actually reach out to me just to say like is she okay and you told (laughs) but again they kept it to the group chat they did. They kept it. They kept it internal. So, you know, if you want to not shut the fuck up and have fun, which is what the internet is about, go over to the dip. Community post. I wrote a little something about perfect seasons of television today. There are so few of them. 
And guys, we're in one because I feel comfy, cozy, <gasps> crazy, sexy, cool. <laughs> oh, but in yes. season three of Sex in the City. I I concur. Should we get into the episode? Let's do it. Are you drinking an orange wine? I am. Cute. It's delicious. You, guys, Chris is like a wine. What do they call those people? Connoisseur? Yeah. I don't think that's true. Chris, you would never buy like, you're very picky about wines. I, I am very picky about wine when I or, or when I want to be. But I'm happy to drink a cheap wine, you know, if I'm like at a restaurant that might have good food, but not mm-hmm. necessarily the best wine selection. I'll go with the flow. But I do like if I'm going to buy a wine for my home or to bring something, I like it to be nice. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm a wine snob, but I do enjoy wine and it was important. You've a lot of wine knowledge, I'll say. Yeah, and I did try to get into organic and skin contact wines during the pandemic. It was the only thing that kept me going. Um, the skin what? Skin contact. What does that mean? Uh, it's too much to go into. And Okay, <laughs> just text me later. <laughs> yeah, me I'll send you a memo. few articles and links. And I'm sure I'll find a organic wine bar for us to go to when I'm in Detroit soon. Oh, I can't wait. Gonna We're going to record a special up. podcast there. I don't think we'll be able to figure out how to record a podcast in the same room. So we would still be separate. Yeah. It's just like from your Airbnb to from my apartment. Calling, coming straight from Detroit, but still not together. It's shortcomings. Oh, I'm sorry. I just hit the microphone with my face. Oh, okay. God. Well, I can't hear another thing from Brian today. I can't hear another edit. <laughs> it's like, stop bobbing your head around. You fucking losers. Okay. All right. Let's no, my get- mic's going down. <laughs> so and no more bobbleheading. No, no more bobbing. Okay. No more bob. Okay. Let's, let's get, get into, into the, the episode. episode. <laughs> okay. Okay, you do okay, it. Okay, you say it. No, 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 you do it. Okay. All right. Let's get into the episode. All right. How about a little episode synopsis? Yes. Harry's new Politico makes her an offer she can refuse. Miranda weighs her options with Steve. Samantha dates a shorter gentleman, and Charlotte tries to recycle love. Mm. Okay, so I love this episode. I'm just going to say that right up top. Okay. Very fun moments I remember. Really struggled with like the theme of it, right? This intersection of politics and sex. I don't think most of these stories really rise to that theme. They don't. <laughs> So, <laughs> they and don't. they try with a few like, and then Samantha met a new candidate. It's like, I don't think that's enough <laughs> to like connect this yeah, to what's happening. But what I couldn't help but wonder is like, wouldn't this be a better storyline in 2022? This idea of the intersection of politics and sex. I was thinking you could tell a story about, right, dating someone of a different political persuasion even if you wanted to go the intricacies of like within the Democratic Party, progressive versus moderate. And also like a conversation about things that are that have been politicized, but shouldn't be. So if it, you know, there's a great episode about abortion and the right to choose a Seinfeld where my girl Elaine is dating a guy and Jerry's like, well, would you continue to like him as much as you do if you found out he was pro-life? or anti-choice, he's, it's pro-life in that episode because it was in the 90s. And she has to deal with that. And I was just like, I wish if we were going to do like an, an episode about the intersection of politics and sex, which I do think is so fascinating, particularly because of like what we've all gone through over the yeah. last eight years, or really 
I'd say even starting at the Obama administration, our kind of more political awakening, um, which I shouldn't say all of us, because I think just you and I being of a certain age during that time is what helped our political awakening. It wasn't there. I'm sure there were people who cared about politics well before Obama became president. It just but I do think as a culture, like we all became enamored and forced to deal with politics in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but see this episode through that lens and it became just difficult i was like let's go deeper 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 mm-hmm. but let's hear the monologue and then get into the episode okay though politics had always seemed as relevant to me as a new erica jong novel i did find it interesting that a discussion about politics ultimately became a discussion about sex and a discussion about sex ultimately became a question of politics which led me to wonder if the two weren't in fact inextricably linked And if so, can there be sex without politics? Before we get into the ladies individually, I just did just want to bring up Erica Jong, who Carrie name checks in the monologue. She's a sex writer who wrote a book called Fear of Flying, I think in the 70s. I read it in college. And if memory serves, it's about a couple who's traveling and the woman decides to embrace her sensuality and her sexuality and has an affair. And I was just surprised that this kind of forward-thinking sex writer would be getting shots from Carrie. I mean, my God. Carrie, like, you're... And we'll get to Carrie's writing because, Mm. oof. She should be so lucky to be Erica Jong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And also, Carrie is, like, a very different type of sex columnist, as we've discussed in this podcast. Her thoughts about sex are very... All over the place and not progressive. Yeah, exactly. Can we also just talk about, like, would her column even be interesting to read? Because it really is just a bunch of questions. I think if you lived in New York City, it and would be... And you, Yeah, and, like, you knew of the people maybe that she would be writing about or, like, the inner circle. Like, it would be fascinating. But that was, like, Candace's, like, right. column. But there weren't as many... Literally every sentence Carrie's writing is a question. Is a question. I it's would like, be like, look, bitch... I don't come to you. The idea that anyone's calling into that new podcast over and then just like that, it's like she has no answers. No, it's just a bunch. She just, she's like a therapist. She answers your questions like with a question. And then but a bad maybe therapist. her column was like about like water cooler talk, as we like to say on this podcast. Like I thought maybe you were it was say like water sports given <laughs> this episode. Um, I was we'll like, get oh, to it. I guess we'll it was. It. Yeah. Um, and I did tell you I'd like Andrew Garfield and Jamie Dornan to rain on me, and I hope you knew what I meant, given... A mere you know, three hours ago, you did. This episode. Um, shout out mm-hmm. to those gorgeous, gorgeous men. Oh, them on the red carpet the other day? Ooh, talk about an Eiffel Tower I'd like to get Ooh, in between. It was. What were we talking about? Because I just, like, flashed Well, to, we should just get into Charlotte. Yeah. We were talking about Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Not talk about Andrew Garfield and Jamie Dornan. Shout out to our future podcast, Dornheads. <laughs> Dornheads, yes. Where we go through the filmography of Jamie Dornan. Mm-hmm. And I will, there will be a very special episode about Barb and Star. Go to this film I will most likely talk for about 40 minutes every episode about de stressed denim jeans he wore in um, Fifty Shades of Grey that he put on, particularly in the Red Room. Still shocked <laughs> that he had a special pair of jeans for that. So let's get into Charlie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Charlie hears that Carrie is, you know, hanging out with Bill Kelly, getting more engaged in his political life, and she instantly is interested in becoming more involved so that she can meet rich, wealthy men. Yes. 
And I just want to spend some time talking about the scene in which these women are talking about politics. At the table? Yes, over salads, over delicious, fresh-looking salads and iced teas. Well, guys, he's not running for president. Oh, he should. I'd vote for him. He's really cute. So? I always vote for candidates according to their looks. I base my decision on the swimsuit competition. The country runs better with a good-looking man in the White House. I mean, look what happened with Nixon. No one wanted to fuck him, so he fucked everyone. I used to have a college crush on Dan Quayle. Country needs a president in a hat. No one wears a hat anymore. FDR. The president wore a hat. So busy picking out a hat, he forgot to get in the war. I had a college crush on Dan Quayle. Yeah, we pretty much tried to ignore that the first time. Hmm. I think it was his crisp white shirts. Reminded me of my father. So basically, you're just voting for your father. I always thought there was something homoerotic about Quayle's relationship with Bush. Very bad men and Robin. Well, based strictly on looks, no one was more handsome than JFK. Or quicker to jump in the sack, I might add. I'm glad your three weren't around during the original 13 colonies. I don't think our founding fathers were very fuckable. I don't know. I heard that Thomas Jefferson was a real fox. There we were. <laughs> Just four girls talking politics. Sam. Yeah. The way this scene would be run ragged today on the internet. It would be that the show, I mean, I, they would have to issue an apology. Like, it, it would be apology. People would be coming for them. I mean, not one of them has, like, a clever political take. We learn Carrie's not registered to vote. I mean, Mm -hmm. I could only watch this through the lens of, like, an angry person on the internet who hasn't heeded my call to shut the fuck up, who would just be like, how dare this show with these white women talking about Thomas Jefferson? And then I was like, (laughs) woke, they'd be woke Charlotte memes, like... Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner, and the narrative surrounding him and Sally Hemings is incredibly difficult and harmful to the Black community. Samantha, you know that woke Charlotte thing? Yeah, I love, yes. So I could see that. Like, I mean, this scene was tough. What'd you think of it? I mean, of course, like you said, through the lens of 2022 and everything that we've gone through the last, like, 10 years, let's say, politically, it's not, like, tough to watch because I feel like it's definitely of its time and I can just take that for what it is. But I definitely did think about like if they took this exact same conversation, wrote it the exact same way and put it in and just like that, canceled. Then we would not be getting a second season. <laughs> Let me tell <laughs> no, you that. No, 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 no. And I actually was really thinking about and just like that all throughout this episode. And actually I was thinking, I think and just like that could use a bit more of this kind of desire to not be so politically correct. Yeah, and I'm not someone who called out and just like that for being like, it's too woke. That was not my problem. I just feel like actually the world would have felt deeper and a bit more real had they introduced a character almost like a Samantha who is pushing up against the change. And I think you have that in Charlotte a bit, right? When she has a little thing of like, why can't everyone just stay the same about Rock and some and Miranda's new kind of awakening. Life. Yeah. Um, But it's not in a comedic fashion in the way that I think a character like a Samantha would be. Well, I mean, and just the whole Rambo of it all, of her 
in the subway station with the Chucky doll. And I'll the- never forget. I don't think we give enough <laughs> credence to like what happened with that Chucky when Chucky just, which by the way, I think actually was based off of a real, like that was happening in New York. And shout out to our reviewer who basically said, Sam and I couldn't even find New York on a map. We're so <laughs> dumb. They were like, but they did give lo- us five stars. We love. I love this podcast. It's wonderful. They have such great chemistry. Don't come for any information about New York. Yeah. Maybe they've never seen it, heard of it, know where it is. No, but we love that review. There, and and also, I mean, just Miranda had so many moments in just like that where it was like, oh my god, Miranda, like because it felt like it wasn't like they didn't do they didn't make it funny enough for it to like bounce. I guess if that makes sense, like. It just felt like oh, like so cringe. I know, but I love. See, now I loved that. No, but and I I'm loved a it. big um, and you've still never watched the comeback. I'm all for like, oh my god, I'm squirming. I'm and by the way, the dropout, Squirm City. I'm truly sometimes like hiding under my blanket. Like I don't want to watch this. And then I'm rewinding it multiple times. When she put on those masks and danced to Jealous by Nick Jonas, I mean, give Guys, her an if Emmy. You haven't if you're watching the dropout and you haven't typed the words the dropout soundtrack into Spotify or whatever your preferred streaming service is and gotten to those songs outside of the show, you will jam. It's a delight. It's so good. Um, it's so good. But I did just want to talk about for one quick minute. About the idea of, like, I think Sex and the City at the time was really revered and seen as this progressive show about women and claiming their sensuality and their sexuality. And yet now it, under the context of 2022, feels like a wholly apolitical show. And by the way, it should because it helped push us forward where we didn't, won't feel like the things that they were doing then are so groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. But it does feel just like, wow, could you? <laughs> These women just seem untethered from mm-hmm. anything that relates to people, to the important things that happen in people's day-to-day lives. Yeah. They are just strictly dickly. Yeah. They, like, I did laugh, have to laugh when Samantha was just like, yeah, I vote for, like, the most good-looking. And I, I think like, that's true of a lot of people. Although, I, you know, that's what I mean. I think it's true of a lot of people. We don't get a lot to feast our eyes in in politics. Not anymore. And um, it's why I think we like cling ourselves to like Barack Obama's sexy. I'm like, guys, no. <laughs> I, I love no, him. I mean, Actually, I don't really a- love him, but he's not hot. Yeah. I mean, sorry, he, sorry, a young is Joe that Biden. the most controversial thing I've said on this podcast? I think, yeah, possibly. Well, you've said controversial things. They've just been cut. <laughs> that's true. A lot's been cut. Last, Maybe that will be last too. Week. Ooh, I don't think I like, said a lot. Look, by the way, I think a lot of what I said last week made it in. I, oh, oh, mm, oh uh, no. Oh, no, no, no. That one thing I left no, out. No, it didn't. <laughs> made quite a comparison. Um, no, like a young Joe Biden was really sexy. Oh, my God. There's this thirst trap picture going around right now with FDR Jr. Who the fuck is FDR Jr.? Isn't that like the, the FDR son? Yes. <laughs> was it an he, oil painting? No, it's like someone like put it up on Twitter and he's sexy. Oh, God. Well, you know, I'm quite attracted to Abraham Lincoln. No, you're attracted to Daniel Day-Lewis as Abraham Lincoln. Mm, I, uh, Christopher. I found him cute since, Christopher. since I got my eyes on my I love a sinewy, weak, weak man. Just tall, looks like he might be a little sickly. He looks like a top hat. Yeah, I mean, rugged face. I mean, obviously, JFK Jr. is like my the love of my life. And he's so sexy. And that's a man who I'm like, guys, have you seen what? Abraham Lincoln? I Correct. will say JFK wore a sweater like no one else. Mm. 
Those shoulders, those steroid ridden shoulders. <laughs> that uh, those adulterous shoulders. He was both. So he was not probably very good in bed. I'm just gonna put that out there. You don't think? No, I think it was a small dick and very little energy behind it. Mm, okay. Let's see. Who's see probably that. the best bet best president in bed? Is that what this podcast is about now? I feel like hmm. Hmm. I mean I feel like Bill. I don't want to say Clinton. I was just gonna say that. I was like, of, I feel like it might be Bill. <laughs> that's not gonna go over well with anyone. I'm not gonna say that. George just, Bush, I mean, I love to have a beer with him, but I don't I don't know if I'm gonna fuck him. Which George? Uh, the sequel. Oh, okay. W. Got it. Okay. And Reagan, he avoided the AIDS crisis. So, Jimmy Carter? Yeah, it's like Truman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe none I'm of them fuck. I'm having a hard time. You know? Maybe congressmen fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like senators fuck. I don't know. Have you seen the Senate recently? Go run through that list, sweetie. It's tough. Not, yeah, a, not no, a fuckable face maybe, to be found. They're all uh, one know million. Who probably fucks is like the head of like the State Department. Mm, mm, maybe Leon Panetta. Wow. Okay. okay. We, <laughs> I don't even listen, know what we're talking about. Maybe, maybe we haven't progressed because we are disgusting. We just okay. I have to say, we just roasted these women for talking like this at, <laughs> on the show. So right. We were <laughs> like, we how were like, fucking hmm. dare they? <laughs> Two seconds later, we're like, I wonder which president had the biggest dick. And then we were like, hmm. <laughs> and then went through like six because we don't even know how to name enough. I'm like, George. God. I'm like, Alexander Hamilton. Oh. Not a president. I know, guys. I Honestly, I'm really blanking. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Well, we had yeah. text earlier. We know nothing. Oh, yes. Chris and I were texting earlier, and we were just, like, astounded by the things that we just don't know. Like, we're like, do we need to get out more? I'm reading a lot of books, but I seemingly am learning nothing from them. I I read one book this year. My goal, Chris, was to read one book a week. You haven't done that. Brian is going to literally strangle us to death if we don't move on. I know. Okay. So... She meets this married guy at Bill Kelly's party. Bob, I believe his name is. Did you recognize his wife? <laughs> yes, of course. Elizabeth Banks, queen. Lizzie Banks. Look, I can only hear Lizzie in one in terms of one person right now. And that's Elizabeth Holmes. But not getting sidetracked. Not nope, getting we're sidetracked. we're not doing it. I'm not taking the bait. So they give her this idea of throwing a party where she'll, where every woman brings an ex- or someone they're not interested in. I did think, and not that I wanted to bring him into season three, I did think it would have been like a fun cameo if Skipper had been there. Why do you do that to me? You know that that's so fucked up. I know, but I, wouldn't you have thought it had just been a little funny had we just like seen him like, oh, Skipper. And it was like, and of course this woman funny. had brought Skipper. Yeah, like, oh, he's still doing this. He's still like a fucking loser. <laughs> but then Charlie meets Greg Miller. What did you think of Greg? No. No, 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 no. You didn't like Wasn't Greg? Into, I was not into Greg. I thought Greg was cute, but there was no, like, in no like, way did I think he was Charlie's type. I was actually no. surprised she was, like, talking to him. I think at this point, Charlie's uh, a Debbie Desperado. 
Yeah, she's just her light is on as they'll have that conversation later. She's really just trying to make it happen, mm-hmm. to quote Mariah Carey. But then Greg's girlfriend or whoever brought him to the party sees him and is like, ooh, he's looking like a spiffed up penny. And they mm-hmm. literally go into and is Charlotte's room directly next to her bedroom, her front door. It is. This is the first time we've ever seen her kitchen. Well, it's like it's got to be a different apartment from the one we've seen in the past. Like she must have moved because it doesn't have the same layout, or she has a guest room that is directly next to the door. It doesn't match, by the way, the layout of um the apartment we saw with Wesley of Wesley and Nesley and Leslie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Charlie has Charlie's moved. Yeah, Charlie X. I, I has was moved. just shocked that these people would go in someone's room like that. It wasn't like a wild party, like where everyone's fucking. It's like there's it's just a casual little small plates dinner party. I actually respected it, <laughs> Chris. Just a bit in terms of like she was like, I gotta get this man back. She calls him into the room and is like. I don't know what she said. This woman Have you ever done that before? Like where you're really not into someone and then you see that someone else likes them and then you're like, oh, I like them now. No, for the shout out to any men who listen to this podcast who I've slept with. Most of the men I'm attracted to aren't. I don't think like other people are really trying to get at them, except okay. a few. I've dated a few guys who were like wonderful men who people aspire to. <laughs> but for the most part, they've been like undesirables who I'm like, I like them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would hate to be described that way. <laughs> I know one of those men is listening, and um, shout out to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he can't be offended at this and point. And then they he- all leave me, by the way, in the end. They're like, God, buddy, we got to get out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> somehow you're really into me and also emotionally distant. Oh, story of my life. Um, but this party, I think, is madness. Would you attend a party like that? Like, would you even go to this? No, it's weird. It's weird, right? Like, we're not crazy. It's very weird. crazy. Like, but because everything comes from real life in Sex and the City, I would imagine one of the writers must have said, like, oh, yeah, I went, like, I took an ex-boyfriend to this. And Well, I feel like it would have to be kind of like a secret thing of, like, all the women know why you're bringing this person. Or, like, how many women are still friends with their exes like this where they could do that? I but I don't like, think it is, right? Because Greg and his ex are openly talking about it because Charlotte comes over and says, thank you for bringing this wonderful man. And then the woman in the kitchen with Jeff Fenton is very like, yeah, you dummy. Like, that woman doesn't like you. Yeah, I just, I it's just kind of crazy, this whole concept. Maybe I should throw one. I think you should. And let me know how it goes. <laughs> None of my, all my friends are married. They'd be like, I'm not going to that shit. <laughs> not finding some drag just to like drag in here. Married with kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting a babysitter for this. <laughs> we can go to happy hour, buddy. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org.
Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Do you want to talk about Samantha? Yes, because I, I like this storyline. I think it's it's fun. Queen of dining alone. We've now seen Queen. her just like out and about when she met the old man. Now here. Mm-hmm. I just, I love... And I love that it's not necessarily she's cruising for guys. You don't get the sense that she's sitting at the bar alone, like, looking to be picked up. She's just eating her dinner. It's a subtle way of showing that Samantha is the most comfortable with being a single woman. Which I'm glad that we're out of that dark place. We were in in season one where they kept making Samantha seem, like, very sad and very insecure. And it was very – remember that? That was so weird. I mean, yeah, the first episode with my king, Capote Duncan. Well, this was, like, the first – this is like the season where we're really seeing Samantha as Samantha. Yeah, I'm I think we started it. to get there in season mm-hmm. two, but they would still like pull back to like, oh, she really does want to be with this person or she might yeah. love. I think they've said like Samantha's thing is she is a single strong woman who is pursuing good sexual experiences. Good for her. So she's at the bar alone and she meets the incredibly confident Jeff Fenton. What'd you think of Jeff? Jeff had charisma. Jeff had confidence. Jeff had hair. Jeff had a strong nose. A, yeah, I love a strong nose. Love a strong and, nose. And I'm just like, I he was he was doing it for me. He was getting it good to me. Now I did yeah. do a little looking up. The actor who plays Jeff mm-hmm. Fenton is five four. Kim Cattrall is five seven. I think they could make it work. They made him look a lot smaller than that. She's always in heels. That Oh, that is true. Okay. Because I'm like, what? So then she goes, they're at the Bill Kelly party, and Samantha reveals that he's incredibly short. They have a very problematic conversation. But I do, this is where I actually thought, and just like that, the, when Samantha, Carrie, and Charlie were talking, I thought, this is what, and just like that could have used, was someone who is kind of pushing back on the quote-unquote woke or more enlightened, which would be the better way of saying it, conversations. You had Samantha mm-hmm. there who's trying to figure it out, right? Like, what do we call someone who is a shorter gentleman? They're yeah. trying to figure it out. And Samantha's just like, look, he's fucking short. What do you guys consider to be the height difference between a short person and a little person? A little person? You know, a midget. A midget or a dwarf? What's the difference? I'm not sure, actually. I think little person is the proper way to refer to an adult under five feet. Oh, and I agreed to go on a date with a very short person. But I didn't realize he was so short. I mean, sitting down, he was perfectly proportional. Standing up, he barely clears my nipples. Well, that may be the perfect height. I'd like to cancel the thing, but I can't just because he's a munchkin. You know, 
This is a very politically incorrect conversation to be having at a political fundraiser. But anything less than five feet is unacceptable. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go mingle because there are a lot of cute guys here and these things never last beyond two martinis. However, we have got to talk about the fact of what Charlie says when she says that anything less than five feet is unacceptable. Yeah, which because they made him look like he was below five feet tall. I think a woman like Charlie and like all of us heightists, as uh, shout out to my friend Craig would say, would less than five feet. I don't think five feet is where we're drawing the line. Charlotte I mean, I think most never. women are drawing it at five, like nine. Charlotte would also never date a guy that's shorter than her, ever. Exactly. So I was surprised she said five feet. I was like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> What's your height requirement? I don't find that I, okay, I don't really want to be taller than them. How tall are you? Five six. Okay. But I've dated shorter guys before who are like five seven, five eight. I've dated guys who are five eight, and if I'm in heels, I'm taller than them. But I it didn't matter because like he had such big dick energy that like I didn't care. Like, was it he was the so actual big dicked man? No, no, he was tall. Um <laughs> no, quite, this I'm guy sure. had a normal dick. This guy just had a normal dick, but he had very he had so much confidence that like it you did not give a fuck. Yeah, which is, by the way, that's very important, like Jeff Fenton shows us. Yeah, like if you're a confident guy, like it doesn't matter what the fuck you got going on. Agree. (laughs) Agree. I consider myself short at 6'1". You're 6'1"? Yeah. No. And a half. No, you're not. How tall did you think I was? Chris. 5'7"? I thought you were were like 5'9", 5'10". How dare you? Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Don't put I'm that on six, the fucking internet. I'm trying, six, to get, I'm trying to get chose. I can't have that out there. It does explain your legs. You have the be- guys. I'm telling you right now, it's almost Chris's season where he is going to thrive. He has the best legs in the biz. The game. <sighs> Those short shorts. I thought they were coming out, but then that fucking winter has swung back. It's 30 degrees today. It's literally, I know, 25. It's hell. Hopefully by here. the time this comes out, we're back in like spring. Or at least closer. <sighs> I need it. But again, I, we cannot again. digress. Brian is literally going to strangle us via I the know. internet. But Samantha tries to get rid of Jeff by bringing him to the ex party. He finds out and he snaps. He goes over and he says, just give me a chance. They fuck and apparently it's good. He's, he He's doing down. stuff. She said it was like fucking a horny smurf, which is yeah. upsetting. <laughs> it, it's upsetting, but it's funny. Like, it's just, a, it's... Oh, it's just one of those things. It's very, you know, I still find myself laughing. And then they go to dinner and Samantha is disgusted to find that he shops (gasps) at the kids' department. Good night. Wait, I'll take you. I'm not really sick. Look, Jeff, I can't do this. It's not a very good idea. I just don't want to lead you on. Lead me on? You came five times the other night. Well, it's, it's not really no, what? what? What is it? What happened in the past five minutes? You shop at the boys' department. So what? The clothes fit me better, plus they're cheaper. Where do you shop? The big and tall horror store? <laughs> you know, you're nothing but a big dick with a little man attached. And you're nothing but a big pair of tits with too much extra leg room. <laughs> I, I mean, I totally get it. I think, like, seeing that, she was like, oh, my God. But knowing that he's 5'4", I'm like, is he really that little? So then they get into that fight. 
And I think mm-hmm. what they do, and this is, I think, a big um, proponent, they have Samantha standing on stairs. So he, and I think that is like the image people think of. And she does look like a giant. Giant. Extra. They also cast a very tall woman at the political, at the X party, I think. Yes, the, it's the X party in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. she's oh. very tall. Yeah. And so I think it helps you just think of him as super diminutive. And look, I'm not saying 5'4 is tall. Right. But I'm not saying a 5'4 man's off, you know, how deep are your pockets? He seems pretty rich. <laughs> yeah, stand oh, on your, he's loaded. Stand on your money, as Joy Behar says. He's loaded. He has a hedge fund, his own company. Like, he's he's got... He's got money. He's got coins. And he's got big dick energy and also a big dick. Well, he also calls her out, which I love. I know. I love their fight. And what I love is that Kim Cattrall, like, body laugh. Mm-hmm. Where she, like, falls on him. Yeah, and they walk away. And that's when I had to Google how tall they are. Because then when they, like, are next to one another, they don't seem that different in height when they're, like, right. leaning on each other. I was like, this seems like it could work. They've got great chemistry. Great chemistry. And what I wanted to ask, in the pantheon of Samantha's men, where does Jeff stand? Because watching this episode, I was kind of like, Jeff is a king, and I wish he was kind of endgame. I don't think they're endgame. Um... <laughs> I but hope he's I in London think, with her. I definitely think he's like top four. I loved him. I was just kind of like, this would be have been because you know I'm not a Smith he's, fan. I think he's I a little vanilla, toe-headed idiot. And they make him too perfect. And her like it makes it impossible. like, oh my God, Samantha's crazy for not loving him because he just has no flaws. He'll cut his beautiful hair. He yeah. doesn't care that she's old. I'm like, I'd prefer to see Samantha go through a storyline where it's like, yeah, I want to like be with this short guy. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, <laughs> to me, I felt like we saw a whole season arc in this one episode. I was so happy to. I thought they had great chemistry together. Justice for him. I think honestly, she the only person she has better chemistry with is Richard Wright. I was just going to say that, Richard. Because I don't think she has great chemistry with Smith. You don't? Um, no, it certainly not in the show. I think there's a scene in the second movie, I think, where she's, for some reason, like, putting, I think, like, yams on her pussy and, like, <laughs> chatting with him. And they have, like, a nice, over the phone, and they have, like, a nice, easy, friendly chemistry. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like they had, um... Like a chemistry. Like, oh my gosh, they love each other. Yeah. I never I really that. felt that. But with yeah. Richard, I felt it. Oh, and I, I felt, felt it with it. Jeff. I agree. I just was like, let's. I wish this was her season six storyline, and we wrapped this up. <sighs> that would have been nice. I know, but you know, look, we apparently we'll get needed there. We'll get Jared, there. Jared, Jerry, Jared. <laughs> <sighs> Let's chat about old Miranda in hope oh, to God, not my fight least about favorite Steve. Sex scene of all time. My least Disgusting. favorite sex scene. I, I. Okay, I hate go on. It. Go on. I find this scene so gross. And I Oh, think you hate it. I'm sorry. I thought you loved it. No, I hate it, Chris. Okay. Do you hate the fact that it begins with her saying Steve was was stuffing her ballot box? Because that is the most sure disgusting do. thing I ever heard. It, and then it's just this like he's humping and pumping right behind her, gripping her boobies. Like <laughs> she's all sweaty and red. I'm like, get me out of this hell. Yeah, they it's really are so, invested in showing us them fucking. It's like, I don't want to see this. disgusting. I want to see other people fuck. And it's not even like, because I don't mind sex scenes, obviously, with Miranda, like with other people. But this scene in particular is it's upsetting. so gross. He's like, Miranda, 
Right in her ear. Yeah. And like, that was me doing a Steve Grunt, guys. Sorry. Yeah. No, I got it. Because it, that's really how it was. I was like, ew. And then just the way he's like, you see them like humping, like like their bodies <laughs> are moving. I was like, oh. I do like their sex scene in, and oh, wait, I actually think it's a reference to this. In the first movie, when yeah. we see them having sex the second time, and he's groping her breasts. Mm-hmm. And kind of thrusting. how, And I do like that one. In fact, I like both of their sex scenes in the first movie because I think the star is Mr. David Eigenberg's cute little butt. He's got the best butt. Um, she even mentions it in this episode. So they're seeing each other to not mm-hmm. cut to the literal last scene of them in this episode. Right. <laughs> they're yeah. seeing each other. Nothing's official. Steve wants to be monogamous. And I just hate the fact that they're always walking down this same street. Can they? Can we not get any visual language? Can't they be at a meal in her apartment? I just feel like they're always bopping down the street. Let's get them something else. I know. I agree. I, I wish that they like maybe spent more time in a park or... Literally anywhere. I do think that they spend too much time bopping down the street that looks exactly like Carrie Street. Before we move on, I'd like to say one thing oh, that I missed. Okay. I appreciate this, <laughs> the use of the Cheryl Crow song, A Change is Gonna Come in this um, section, in this episode. I just thought, you know, I love Cheryl Crow. Saw her perform at a, quite a small concert, and then I chased Larry David up a pair of stairs. That's a story for another day. Oh. Okay. We love Queen Cheryl. Also met Gail King that day. Wow. That was a busy And Joe day Scarborough for you. and his emo that son. Was Quite a, a lot was, was going a, on. Wow. I love Joe Scarborough. And his I'm son very was quite to him. emo. Um, definitely okay. right out of Fallout Boy at the time. <laughs> but they're walking down the street, Miranda and Carrie, and talking about Steve. And what I found so interesting about this moment was that ultimately Carrie tells her she needs to make a pro con list. And that she needs to use her judgment. And what I appreciate mm-hmm. about it as a nice kind of um, balancing anchor moment to the first movie is, is in the first movie when they're walking through the park, Carrie will tell her, you can win any argument and you can make any argument. This is You've got to go with your heart on this one. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice kind of balance to it, right? Like that mm-hmm. here we have Carrie saying, oh, use the skills that are natural to you. And then years later, having seen Steve and Miranda go through it. Carrie says, I think you actually need to get out of your head and try to think about him emotionally rather than logically. Yeah. Well, she loves the list. She's very Rory Gilmore, Lorelai in that aspect. Um, But also like, it's this idea that she thinks like, well, what if someone better comes? And look, someone will. Hey, it's Che Diaz. Che Diaz, the storm. Yeah, she's coming. They're coming. God, I'm, I'm craving me some Che. I'm craving me some Or as my friend Bree said recently, I'm digging me some Che. Oh, shout out to Bree. Just a little mistake there. Yeah. Shout out to Bree. And then during that thrusting scene, he's finished thrusting. He's thrusting and grabbing her breast, and she's coming left and right. (laughs) She's coming left and right? (laughs) She is. She's having a good time. She wasn't bored. This isn't Steve. It was so fucking, like, sensual and, like, weird. I just, like... Do you have a problem Ugh. with sensual love scenes? When it's like it, was this, it too tender? It was, it was. It was like way too tender and like <laughs> so red. Everything was red. I'm like, what's going on? Well, they on? are pale people, and as I are know, you. I know, but we like hate she's what got we pink are. sheets and she's got red hair and her face is red well, and her, her chest is red. Awful shade of pink. 
Yeah, it was just like it grosses me out, and she's so sweaty, and he's breathing in her ear. It's like get I'm out actually of here. really looking forward to them moving to Brooklyn. I'm tired of looking at <laughs> okay, well, Miranda's we have, apartment. We have some time to. to I know, but I'm like, we're staying in this apartment. I hate it here. Mm-hmm. But then, right after he whispers in her ear, Miranda, I love you. I never met another lady like you. <laughs> and that's what wins her over. Although she does not return the words, she just simply nope. kisses him. Yep. But what I will say, and this is again, I was thinking about it just like that. This is where I really miss the um voiceover. Because I think what it stops the show from being is too saccharine. Because imagine if Miranda had had to say, I love you too, Steve. I've been so doubtful and thinking about finding someone better, but I I just love you. And we would get a scene kind of like Miranda and Che on the side of the street and in Just Like That, where they both have to have expository language. Whereas in the original show, Carrie and voiceover could clarify very quickly how Miranda what feels. they're feeling. And it just creates an, not only an economy of storytelling, but also just stops the show from feeling like, oh my God, we're really just proclaiming things left and right here. Yeah. from Also from people who usually don't. Like, Miranda's not one that talks like that. But I think she might in, like, in the quote-unquote world that is the real world that is outside of Carrie's column. Perhaps Miranda is like Rambo. However... Carrie is writing her in a way that we are seeing, we are hearing her written rather than her saying. And I think it helps us feel like, oh, Miranda doesn't talk like that. And But then we saw, I guess she does. Sure does. <laughs> All right, let's get into old CB, who's doing some real Jackie O drag at the top of this episode, and I'm here for it. The, the the Jackie O early years, as she says. Yes, the fl- and the flower is here. The flower is with us. And she's hanging out with Bill Kelly, who's running for Comptroller. Now, I love Bill Kelly. John Slattery is the hottest, like, silver fox type piece of ass I've ever seen. However, and I've never run for Comptroller. I don't think that it is equated to running for, like, mayor. Like, I don't know why he would be going to, like, to kids' classrooms. Also, I feel like they've only been dating for three weeks, as she said. This is a lot in three weeks. He's like, will you come to my political activity and just sit in the back of the room? And yeah, I would be like, wait, so who are you dating? Who you brought to a child school? Oh, a sex writer? Yeah, like, it felt very fast. I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're like, serious. And, they, you know, they'd be fucking... Um, no, they haven't fucked yet. So then, but they, they go do to the, in this episode. They do. So they go to the fundraiser, and we get our first Stanford appearance of the season. So happy to see him. He bounced in. I was just so happy. Stanford. Hey. I can only stay a few minutes. I got tickets to the vagina monologues. Why? Just because I don't eat at the restaurant doesn't mean I can't hear the specials. <clears throat> Quick, no one's looking. Give me a sip of your oh. drink. Hey, Bill, this is my fabulous friend, Stanford Blatch. Mm. Bill Kelly. Hello. I represent the queer vote. Mm. If you can carry Chelsea, you've got the city locked up. I'm not worried about Chelsea. Have you seen my ass? Got my vote. However, I deeply hate the fact that we are still doing... Stanford's not attractive. Yeah. It's just like, we've hit this mark. Do we really need to do this again? And Poor look, Stanley. it also hurts knowing we're going to do it again. And again. And yeah, again like, until we, we get stop. to Marcus. Yeah, we never stop. I don't think it happens so much post-Marcus. 
they kind of pull back, but he also really isn't in the show that much. I know. Uh, but it was so fun to see him, and I just love Willie Garson. It also seems like they brought him in just for the vagina monologue like joke, but he nails it. He nails every line. And I love Bill Kelly. Have you seen my ass? And I was like, I have on Mad Men. It's screenshotted on my phone. Thank you. Yeah, uh, sure have. We sure fucking have. He is so sexy. He is funny. He's no, like before you know, before you get too far into Bill Kelly, I want to ask you about one other little man we saw um, at the party. What did you think of the blonde guy with the big arms? Because I was disgusted. And also, who is he? Why is he at this party? Not not for me. All the other men it's are definitely in, like, not suits. my vibe. Yeah, he's not my vibe. <laughs> I was sh- not at and all. also he's got a disgusting face. Shout out to that actor. I'm sure you're a wonderful man. You were probably a model around this time. Um, mm. cover your face up. <laughs> Wear a mask. I also Literally. wanted to bring up that while Samantha's having the conversation, the person she's talking to where she says, I don't believe in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, she, and then turns around, that will ultimately, that actress becomes Miranda's second mate, like her night nurse. Oh. And so she, and because she has that great face, I was like, oh, this is so weird that this, and I believe canonically it's the same person. Okay. I mean, it can be, but that's, I mean, that's just a quote from uh, Kim Cattrall that's just like lives in infamy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we all said that during the Trump Clinton years. <laughs> yeah. We all needed to party. But it's going well. They leave. I do want to say um, Bill Kelly needs to work on his fundraising if he threw that whole party and only raised $6,000. That is bleak and a waste of his time. They have sex, and then right after, he, in the slyest way possible, asks if he can pee on her. Is there anything that you want or need that I'm not doing? No. Well, maybe one thing. What? Well, I would love to get you in the shower. Mm Mm-hmm. Get each other all fresh and clean. Well, that sounds nice. And then let you pee on me. Well, he goes, is there anything that you need from me? Oh, he breadcrumbed the fuck out of her. Yeah. And she was like, because first he was like, I really like you. I haven't felt this way about someone in a long time. I think we're great together. Blah, blah. And she's like, me too. He goes, so is there anything that like you need from me? And she's like, no. And he goes, well, <laughs> I like. I think we should take a shower together, and uh, I'd like you to pee on me. No luck. I don't want to be crass. Okay. But. And I remember when I saw this as a wee babe. Probably about, I don't know when this came out, 2001 now are we at? I was probably 12. And I was like, OMG, peeing on someone. Disgusting. Now? I'm with Samantha. This is a man you pee on if he asks. A hundred percent. I was actually or you just genuinely like angry at Carrie for not doing it. Or you just somehow like work on it. Like you. I don't do, think there's don't anything know. to work on. First of all, I and I believe I've said this on this podcast. I feel like it is very different if he asked to pee on her. Oh, okay. Because then How it's so? like that is something that's happening to me. Yeah, and I don't want that. And I don't necessarily want to be peed on. However, I have to pee. It's like a basic function that needs to happen. And so, like, if it's on, if it's on a man who looks like John Slattery, and we're in a controlled situation like a bathtub, like I wouldn't pee on him in my bed. 
no. But then, by the way, Carrie's bed's gonna be full of piss anyway. Shout out to the best, yeah. like, meme reaction from him just like that when it was his face at the end of this episode seeing Carrie in the bed after she spilled the Snapple. So good. So good. But it's like, yeah, if he wants to do it in the shower and it's to him, I would have been like, okay, let me get a glass of water and let's go, baby. I would definitely have to think about it. I gotta be honest. I think, I mean, you're run- you're you're ready to go. For a man like Bill Kelly, for a man like Roger Sterling, for a man oh, like Bill Ben Bradley from hair. Spotlight, from the man who slept with Eva Longoria on Desperate Housewives and then died when a picket fence like skewered him during a hurricane. <laughs> yes, I'd fucking pee on him. Desperate Housewives was wild. <laughs> it was wild. From the man who fucked Julia Louis Dreyfus on Veep. Oh yeah, he got her good. What else do you guys want? He's a king. A king. He's obviously a king. Uh, I, you know, your enthusiasm, I'm I'm all for it. I I'm just saying I'd think... pee on John Slattery if he's open to that. Yeah, I we I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we, I've made that very clear. <laughs> I think you've made that very clear. Um, I, you know, I would have to think about it. I definitely think like I wouldn't shut the door. I would want it to be a discussion. Um, but he didn't seem that open to a discussion about it. He no, I think he was. Chris, he was like, you're a sex homist. He said, like, okay, he said, didn't he say, like, like he's basically like, yeah, we can think about it. Mm, no. Well, they didn't do it that night. He just kind of put it out there, like, yeah, I want this to happen one day. No, I'm talking about when she t- is in the bathroom with him and she's talking about it. Oh, well, that's about when they're the- going to break up. Although, I guess you are right, because they do finish having sex and he's like, let's go take a shower. I do think it's interesting he wants to be peed on after they have sex. It's not like a prelude, which I would imagine it would be like... Okay, pee on me. This will turn me on, and then we'll fuck. Maybe he's still turned on, and he just wants to keep the party going. Yeah, but it's like I if I look. Actually, I was gonna put some caveats, but I would pee on him today, tomorrow, yeah. up, down, whenever he whenever he calls to quote Mariah Carey again. Wow. Okay. And if you know John Slattery, please let him know I'm here for him. In mm-hmm. any way he needs me, if he needs an event planned or like a sex partner. He looked cute in the shower. He, with oh, his curly he hair. popped his little head out. Mm, mm. Yeah. And Carrie honestly looked beautiful wrapped in that sheet. I was like, you are gorgeous. <laughs> but you are correct that she does look beautiful in the shower, in the wrapped Stunning. up in the sheet. And they have a conversation that leads to them ending things because he has been told that it's unseemly basically to date a sex writer and one thing to talk about your your thoughts that she has regressive views which i totally agree with the fact that she's so like but you want me to pee on you it's like yeah like sweetie people like that well i think her i think her feelings were a little hurt so she's gonna kind of like come back at him a little bit (sighs) i just don't like her treating him like this okay (laughs) i feel about bill kelly the way people feel about steve brady i'm like you shut the fuck up yeah you know something I want to tell you, too. Some people connected with the campaign read your column, and uh, they had a different take on it than I did. What does that mean? Well, they thought it was really funny and clever, but uh, that it was a lot about sex. And they don't think it's such a good idea for me to be dating a sex columnist so close to the election. You know, they, th- they thought it was kind of seamy. Wait a second. I may write about sex, but you like people to pee on you. Yeah, but 
Nobody knows about that. And you drink your glass of water and you piss on him. Yeah, she's like, I mean, I could dribble water on you. I do like, like she, when she says you could trying. close your eyes and I could drip some warm tea. Mm-hmm. Well, she's trying, but I think he doesn't really want to talk about it, which I get like, it's not like a norm. It's not saying it's not normal. I don't like, I don't want to say that, but I, I don't, I don't think he Well, it's like no one really wants it. to discuss their fetish. No, not in like the cold light of day. Or ever, really. It's like, I want to ask you to do that in an intimate moment or even in a conversation before it so you're not shocked, depending on what the intimate moment is. Mm -hmm. But, like, no one wants to, like, compromise or talk about how we might do it. It's like, just do it or don't. Yeah. Yeah, get in or get out. I don't know. I was really upset with Carrie. (laughs) I was like, pee on this gorgeous man. But again, I I want everyone to know. I wish she just would have tried it once and been like, you know what, not for me. She should do it every day of her goddamn life to keep him. <laughs> but again, after I've had to deal with everyone like Miranda, such a bitch to Steve. I want everyone to know your Steve is my Bill Kelly. And this man's impact in two episodes, because I swore so, it was three. So when we go to the men that we love. Uh oh. I mean, obviously you're gonna pick Bill Kelly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill Kelly, okay. 100%. I, I only have two chances to pick him, and I'm going to choose both. I agree. I mean, I I have to pick him, just in honor of it being his last episode with us. What did you think of the fashion in this episode? I didn't think anything was super notable. I mean, obviously, I like Carrie. We were getting the flower. I also really mm-hmm. liked um, Samantha's white look at the political party. It almost had like a track jacket top. And white pants. I just thought she looked good. I thought Charlotte's hair was way too high throughout the episode. Very bouncy. Sometimes they get really crazy with her volume. <laughs> it was like they re- hit nuts. It was up there. And then she had a headband on at one point. Char Char. She's she's such a cutie. But it wasn't like a great fashion episode, I thought. No, it just everybody looked like basic. Like yeah. there was nothing really to like talk about. Did you have any hot takes on this one? I mean, I think you shared your hot take. Uh, this whole episode's been a hot take for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I shared my hot take already with I hate that sex scene between Steve and Miranda. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah. I think people are going to come for you for that one. Oh, uh, they definitely are. I just want to say again, I want everyone to do whatever they want in the bedroom. But if totally. John Slattery approaches you, and of course he's married to a gorgeous, stunning woman, Talia Shire, who played his wife on Mad Men, was also on Divorce with Sarah Jessica Parker. Love her. If anything was ever to happen to their marriage, and he was to come out as gay, or bi, or queer, and he was looking for a black man who's carrying a little extra weight around his midriff, <laughs> I'm available to you, John Slattery. I just need him to know that. And if you have any yeah. contacts to him, we'd love to have him on the podcast. Oh, could and you we, imagine? We, all we would talk about is how much we love him. I'm going to see what I can do. We got we to gotta figure this out. Yeah, I mean, and look, should this become a Mad Men podcast just to trick him to get him here? I would be happy to do that. Um, so if you have any contacts, we're willing to um, work some back channels. Yeah. What would you give this one out of 10? I give it an 8. I was going to say the exact same. See, we're in oh, such really? peace and happiness in season yeah, in 3. Yeah, in season 3. I'm loving this. I can't wait to continue. Oh, it's going to get good. Oh, Oh my god, the affair. It's coming. Yeah, I'm just excited. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 3, Episode 3, Attack of the Five Foot Ten Women, because Natasha is back. Oh, yeah. And we get a good meltdown. And we will not be fighting about her. I was thinking recently about how that's the biggest fight we've ever had on this podcast at like 8.45. Ever. Screaming. I've never seen us like that in, in our lives. Screaming, shaking, all over the place. Yeah. All right. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip. We have TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pick Podcast, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. I'm at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. And that's it. So we will see you that's all it. next week. Bye. Bye. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG. Oh, 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 this is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called, and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.